welcome to the Twinkie Chronicles podcast, where two twins are shedding light on the childbearing years. It's your host, Christina Lundy, a.k.a. Twinkie number one. And Kathy Garrett, a.k.a. Twinkie number two. And so we ended up spending more time laboring at the hospital than I think I would have wanted. In hindsight, I wish we had stayed home a little bit longer um, because the longer we were there at the hospital, the more pressure there was um, to get get things going. I was doing great. I think I stalled out around like seven centimeters. And so then they were like, hey, let's get you some Pitocin and let's get this baby out of here. Because by that point, I was 41 weeks and four days. And so I think all the doctors and nurses were kind of like, like, okay, it's time. Baby needs to get out now. So I ended up tearing really, really bad. Um, it was like a, well, I say really, really bad. It was a third or third or fourth degree tear. They were really unclear. I tore in a couple different ways, um, like in a different couple different places. So maybe I had a third and a fourth degree. Well, welcome to today's episode. We're joined by Kelsey Blackman, who's a client of my sister, Christina. And Kelsey had a traumatic delivery with her first baby. So for her second, she decided that she really wanted to try and have a doula. So let's tune in to hear what Kelsey has to say. Special guest today, this is Miss Kelsey Blackman who um, I met on Facebook, I believe. And the reason we came into contact was she was looking for a birth doula and she became one of my clients. Um, So welcome, Kelsey. Thank you. So Kelsey, we're super excited to have you here today. We're gonna talk a little bit about um, your first birth and how having a doula in your second birth really aided in your preparation preparation of um, labor and delivery and all the things. So if you want to start off by just telling us a little bit about you and your family. Yeah. Um, So my husband and I have been married for almost four years. um, And we always knew we wanted kids, but then we surprise got pregnant on our honeymoon um, with our first. And So we have jumped into the childbearing years just pretty much right away. We don't have any pets, um, but we do love dogs and hope to get a dog one day. But we enjoy taking walks in nature and like making music and just spending time together as a family. Um, My husband is a youth pastor and I am staying home with the kids right now, but I have a couple of um, piano students. I teach piano privately. And uh, that's pretty much our life. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing. So yeah, tell us a little bit about your first pregnancy. Obviously, it was a surprise on your honeymoon. Um, And how things went with your labor. Like, is there anything that sticks out that was super memorable? Yeah, so um, pregnancy with my first was actually really great. I I was a little bit nauseous at first, um, in the first trimester, but nothing terrible. Uh, and you know, by the, by the time I got to 40 weeks, 41 weeks, obviously I was really tired and uncomfortable, but, um, I had done some work during pregnancy to, you know, I had obviously read, not obviously, but I had read a ton 
um, trying to prepare myself, knowing in my mind, we can't afford a doula. So I'm just going to read everything I can and try to mentally prepare. Um, and had my little affirmations that I would do and my, um, stretches and things preparing for labor. Um, but I was kind of just doing it on my own. And so when labor actually came, um, I, I think I just wasn't, I wasn't really sure, wasn't really sure like when it was time to go to the hospital or not. The longer we were there at the hospital, the more pressure there was, um, to get, get things going. I was doing great. I think I stalled out around like seven centimeters. And so then they were like, Hey, let's get you some Pitocin and let's get this baby out of here. Cause by that point I was 41 weeks and four days. And so I think all the doctors and nurses were kind of like, like, okay, it's time baby needs to get out now. So I ended up tearing really, really bad. Um, it was like a, well, I say really, really bad. It was a third or third or fourth degree tear. They were really unclear. I tore in a couple different ways, um, like in a different couple different places. So maybe I had a third and a free. I'm not sure. I think it was just third degree, um, but like a couple different tears. And so, um, yeah, I was all set to like be birthing the baby, like squatting down, holding onto the bed. But then I tore so bad. And I was losing so much blood. The midwife was like, Hey, we need to get you on the bed. And somehow nine centimeters baby is like right there. I climbed up onto the bed and like birthed her on my back that way, which again, I thought like, I'm not going to birth her on my back. I'm going to let gravity help and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she came out and everything was fine. Um, but in hindsight, I was kind of like, man, there were so many different moments where um, I could have used support and mm -hmm. my husband could have used support. Sure. Um, my sister was there, but she's never had a kid. She's never been around birthing people. She just was, you know, a comforting presence mm -hmm. and was kind of like backup support for my husband. So, yeah. So going into, um, well, I don't want to get ahead my, ahead of myself. That was, that was kind of the first birth story. It was fine. I did it without pain medication, which was my goal. Um, but I think it could have been, I knew in my mind, like, okay, yeah, it could have been a little bit better. Right. Sure. I do have a question. Um, I think, yeah. you know, when we were discussing your first birth and our prenatals and everything, I think I remember mm -hmm. you saying that you had back labor and oh yeah so <laughs> that was kind of a huge deal <laughs> right yeah um you didn't know if I remember correctly you didn't know at the time that it was back labor right but right, that exactly. she came out yes. sunny side up and yes. so how do you feel like having a doula the second time around prepared you to have like a better position of the baby yeah well first of all I think there was a lot more preparation in terms of like keeping the baby in a good position for birth throughout pregnancy. Um, so, and that was not just like me researching it, but then to have a doula who's like, Hey, do this, do that. You know, this will help you, um, was really, really, it was really comforting for me to have someone kind of guiding me and supporting me and like encouraging me. So it was just really helpful to have someone who was, um, well, to have you, uh, like texting me encouragements and like reminding me to drink my water and like asking how I was doing. And, um, it was like, 
it kind of helped me feel like I didn't have to be frantically researching everything on my own. Like I could just ask you and that would like calm my anxiety a lot. Um, sure. And, or like, if I read something that was weird, I could be like, Hey, you know, trusted person, what do you think about this? Like, you know, um, just having someone to talk about those things with was really helpful. So, and I, I definitely did a lot more like stretches and yoga poses and things like that. Um, leading up to birth, the, um, to help keep baby in a good position. And I, I really think it worked. Um, cause he came out, he came out great. <laughs> did you end up tearing with him? I did get a second degree tear, but honestly it like was nothing. Like it didn't bother me hardly at all. I don't even remember like when I tore, I didn't feel it. Um, this time I also birthed in the water, which was different. Um, so that was, I think really helpful for labor. It, you know, definitely was, um, relaxing and stuff, but I think it also maybe helped prevent some of that tearing too. And my, it's worth mentioning that this baby was a lot bigger. This is a nine pound, two ounce baby with a head in the, his head size is like the 95th percentile. Wow. Um, so big old head. Yeah. And I only, I only tore like, like a little, it was like a second degree tear. But right. Yeah. 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 So it's understandable, like with such a big yeah. head that um, yes. <laughs> he was a big baby. Um, uh huh. So yeah. yeah. But that's really cool that you were able to have, you know, that use the hydrotherapy and stuff with yeah. him. So, what is some things that you love most about yourself after having your kids? Which Side note, Kelsey has the coolest names for her kids, Genesis and Shepherd. I absolutely yeah. love like those names. Me too. Um, yeah. So what do you love most after having them? Yeah. So I think it's, it's going to sound weird, but because I, the thing I love most about myself is that I feel like I'm really in my element being a mom, like caring for these kids all day, every day. Just, I feel so much more like myself than I ever have. And the reason I say that's weird is because I also spend a lot of time, you know, just like everyone else, like worrying about, am I doing enough? Am I doing this right? Should I be doing something better? You know, still, still researching a lot, just like I did during pregnancy, you know, but when I stop and think about it, I realize like, I'm awesome. Like I'm doing great and I love this and I just feel so much more. I don't know. I feel so much more like me. So that's, that's so really, cool. I love, absolutely love that answer. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you're just super content, you know, in this yeah. phase of life. Um, yes. while it can be with all its challenges right. and everything else. So why do you think there's such a big stigma around moms asking for help either in pregnancy or postpartum? I mean, there's a million reasons, you know, uh, aside from just like personal pride of thinking we can and should be able to do everything on our own. Like that's just our own, you know, hubris. Um, I think there's also some cultural expectations on women that, that may or may not exist for men that like, we should be able to do everything and that, Oh, like, look at her. She's a super mom. Or we tell ourselves women did this, have done this for millions of years, you know, without all the technology help. And like, they did all, all the things like, why can't I do this too? 
And I just, I think we forget that like, especially cause I've been raising babies in a pandemic. Like we forget that people historically had a village, like an actual, like it was way more common to have like so many other adults in the house, mm-hmm. even like not just nearby, but in the house right. to help with all the things. Um, that was so much more common back in the day. And so like, it was, I don't know, trying to do everything that we're trying to do now, literally by ourselves or with very little outside help, you know, it's just, I don't know. I think we forget that we are not capable. Like it's not, I mean, people do it, but it's just really, really hard. And I don't think we were meant to do it on our own, but again, like because of that pride element, you know, we're not comfortable asking for help and it feels like an imposition or whatever. And then I have to admit some of it is it's easier for me to do it myself. You know, there are those moments where it's like, <laughs> like I could, I could ask my neighbor to come over and like, watch, you know, watch Genesis while I do blah, blah, blah. But like, then I have to explain our routine. And I have to explain all the things and show her all, you know, and it's like, Oh, it's more work to get someone to come help me than it is to just do it on my own. But, um, I'm trying to get over that and I'm trying to let go a little bit, uh, and just trust, trust people. Yeah. That's the thing that sure. you can do is trust, trust your people. So, yeah, I think yeah. it's hard to, um, you know, trust people that you may or may not know super well with like your most prized possession. Yeah. Um, but I'm even talking about like trusting my mom, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like people you do know well. Yeah. Sure. Um, and I do, I trust my mom so much. So if she's listening to this, I, I want her to know. She is trusted, but still. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's a process for sure. So having had Genesis before the pandemic and then Shepherd during the pandemic, how, how was that correlation? Like maybe did you have more help with Genesis versus Shepherd or was it different type of help? Well, she turned one on March 12th, 2020. So it wasn't that much before the pandemic. Um, like she was still a baby, like right. when everything shut down. Um, the only, we really didn't have that much more or less help because like my family, both of our families, my husband and I, our families live out of town. My family lives out of state. And so I guess maybe family, there was more family that came to visit early on with Genesis. Um, and then the rest of like this time with Shepard, we were going to be coming home just a, f- you know, a few months after he was born, we were going to go home for the holidays. So it was like, why would we, why would they come here? Really the main difference I can think of um, that I guess is probably due to the pandemic was when Genesis was born and people brought food, uh, they would come in and like visit for a little while and then leave. But this time people would just drop food at the doorstep and not stay and visit. Um so, you know, I don't know, either way we got food. So that was helpful, right. you know? Yeah. Um, and I almost would prefer the second way. So you're not like feeling like you have to be presentable when someone's bringing you yes. a meal. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's nice to see people in, in some ways, like, yeah, you don't want to feel have feel like you have to be presentable, but also in other ways, it was kind of like, oh, I miss talking to other adults. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? So, um, 
pros and cons. Of course. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But as far as family help, um, I, our families are not, we're not, we don't live in the same town as them and my family's even farther away. And so, um, yeah, we did learn the first time that having my mom stay in our tiny apartment, like sleeping on the couch, um, was not the most helpful. Um, we were like, okay, I think we need a little more space. So the second time around she got a hotel and, and that worked out great, but yeah. yeah, but those are the only differences I can think of. So, well, those are good things to point out and, um, yeah. you know, for pregnant people and new moms to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I think that about wraps it up. Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on our podcast and yeah. thanks for your time. Thank you, Kelsey. Yeah. Can I say thank you to Christina real quick? Cause she was an awesome doula. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Seriously. Thank you so much. Like could not have done it without you. So. Yeah. I'm glad. I still have your card on my windowsill. I'm glad. (laughs) Thanks again, everyone, for joining today. You've been listening to the Twinkie Chronicles podcast, where two twins are shedding light on the childbearing years. These are your hosts, Kathy Garrett, a.k.a. Twinkie number two. And Christina Lundy, a.k.a. Twinkie number one. Bye-bye for now.